Hello everybody, it's Mike here, and before we get into our discussion, I have some housekeeping and announcements that I wanted to get out of the way. First off, Brian and I are excited to announce that we are starting our own YouTube channel, where we are planning to post our short films that we mention every so often in the show. It is still in the developmental phase, but details will be given when everything is good to go, so definitely stay tuned for that. Secondly, this is more on the social media announcement. As you know from our closing credits, we are available on almost all social media outlets, but notice when I say almost, it appears as though our Twitter handle, Amateur All Tours, has been blocked, and I have no idea if we can recover it. Everything is still a work in progress, but we just want to let you know, our audience, that unfortunately Amateur All Tours is no longer available on Twitter, but you can still find us on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, Brian and I are trying our hardest to get these recordings on iTunes. They would have been up sooner, but with technical difficulties and time restraints, they, it's, our, it's really been hindering that process. So similar to the YouTube channel, we will definitely let you guys know once these episodes are available on iTunes to download. So that is everything that I have for you. Once again, thank you for supporting the show, and I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode of Amateur All Tours. <laughs> Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm Mike, your host of uh, Amateur All Tours podcast, and with me, as always, is... uh... Yeah, hey guys, Brian here. Alright, yes, uh, it's uh, Mike, yeah. and Mike and Brian as usual. Um, back in the saddle, uh, we haven't, uh, haven't done this. I mean, the viewer might not seem like uh, there's any really time difference, but for us, it's been, uh, it's been a few weeks with school starting. It's been, a, it's been, a, been, a, it's been a, almost exactly a month, so... Yeah, and that's just with, uh, with school starting back up and busy schedules, but you know what? Uh, we sat down, and we're finally get back, uh, getting back into the saddle, and last time... Uh, we talked, it was a movie that I recommended, uh, The Dirties, I believe. And so, yeah. now this time, it is uh, Brian's turn to uh, pick the film that we discussed. So, Brian, why don't you, uh, what, what movie did you decide? It's, it's a first for Amateur Tours, as yeah. I feel like a lot, as we keep going on, there's obviously going to be a lot of firsts. But this is a, yeah. a pretty uh, significant first. Uh, and Brian, why, why don't you say what that film is? Okay, um, I mean, I know last week, or for you guys last week, last episode, I teased, um, you know, this was a uh, very important, for, at least for me, foreign film. Um, and so the title of that film is Waltz with Bashir. Um, I'm looking up the information right here. Well, it came I, out, I have, I have you the information. Have it? Oh, yes, okay, go I ahead. am prepared. So, I, okay, yeah, I'm not prepared, so. So this week, uh, we are, Brian and I will be talking about Waltz with Bashir. The director is Ari Fulman. Ari. Uh, Ari, Ari Fulman. Uh, it came out in 2008, so quite a quite some quite some time ago, and it is starring Ari Fulman, um, I, I, with a bunch of other people. But he is the main focus. Would you think that's a fair statement? It's starring him. There's not really many like reoccurring characters. Say, so, can you repeat the question? You kind of zoned it. Or we're using Skype right now, 
Um, so, and the question just kind of faded in. What did you oh, just say? Well, um, I said I only have uh, Ari Fulman is the only yeah, one starring. I, so, because there's no, there's, I mean, there's a few reoccurring characters, but none well, that people, I would say is starring. Yeah, they're more, it's, yeah, they're not really the star. This, this is about Ari, this is Ari Fulman's journey and tale. So I would just give him the main credit. Because they also, in the movie, they use voice actors instead of, like, the actual real people, but that's beside the point. <clears throat> Yeah, so, Brian, I feel like <laughs> going into this discussion, you're going to be spearheading a lot of Oh, I will be. And I'll, um, do you want me to explain, I guess, my background with this movie? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, th- th- like, you, you, there's a reason you picked this film, so why don't you yeah. uh, explain why? All right, guys, well, as you guys know, like, we're college students, um, and actually, this, the course I took involved literature about Israel and Palestine. And then one of the actual, the, the last assignments that we had were the, was to watch this movie. And, um, you know, I, I, had n- I never heard of this movie before last year. Um, and it was just one of those movies where my professor said, we're going to watch this, we're going to talk about it afterwards. And I said, ooh, awesome, I get to watch a new movie. And, you know, I was honestly kind of blown away by it. I wasn't expecting anything from this. I, thought, I was kind of expecting, like, the shitty kind of, you know, direct-to-DVD or, like, video movies, you know what I mean, that you always see in school. But um, this was kind of really – it was really good. It was a really cool experience just kind of talking about it. I'm really in this – I have this really – I was kind of blessed to have this really good opportunity to watch it because I was talking about it with a professor who teaches this material. And additionally, at the end of the year, I wrote my final paper – about this movie and what the ending means, at least to me and my interpretation of the movie. So I'm very well versed in this movie. I've read a lot of articles about this movie. I've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of things. I've watched this movie, you know, at least, you know, five times. Not not for even this, just on my own time. I own the DVD. Um, so that's that's my experience with it. I am, you know, definitely the guy who's going to spearhead this conversation and have Mike come along for it. But um, Mike's taking the role of the listener you know, you guys, and, you know, I'm hoping to help you guys out, and I'm actually really curious to see Mike's reactions from what happened in this film, so, Mike. Yeah, I mean, as you were saying, like, I, and and, and what we're getting at is, I'm not exactly well-versed in the subject, and, you, like you said, you watched this in school, and uh, without, like, giving your, I guess, major way, I mean, you study a lot of uh, Middle Eastern, like, conflicts and subjects, whereas, <clears throat> I, I, more modern stuff, I'm not really, I mean, I have my own uh, major science heavy that I have to, I don't really have time to keep in touch with that, but in high school, I was really heavily uh, <clears throat> into the Middle East and, and a lot of international problems, so I have a solid background on all of this, but I've just, it's been such a long time that it's, it's kind of hard for me to really, like, fully understand what's going on and really dive into these conflicts so i i think it's really good that we this for this discussion for also for me and the listeners that we have someone that is so well versed in this um in this topic that uh we can get a really good uh like just discussion and background so and yeah so i guess with that we can just Get right into the film now, Brian. Do you think now you know all about this conflict? Do you not, okay give some background okay. on it? Like it's you, not okay. It's like, not. Do I don't really important? know about the conflict per se. Um, it's more of the actual experience of the movie itself. Um, 
so in terms of like my historical background the extent is rudimentary at best um basically all you need to know is um you know israel you know uh was involved in a conflict in the 80s with lebanon um and this is um ari fulman's journey of like his self-discovery of what he did in the service um I believe it was the IDF. It probably was the Israeli Defense Force. Um, oh, I think it. I think it was. I, yeah, I don't really. They, I don't really think they specifically mentioned what kind. He, he was just in the armed services for Israel, um, and they went into Lebanon. And um, this his experience um, directly ties in with the massacres at Sabra and Shatila. Um, these were um, Palestinian refugee camps that um, obviously massacres were um, carried out. Um, but by Christian militants. For ethnic, ethnic purposes. Yes, um, but really, I think the history isn't so much, at least in terms of this movie, it's not really so much about the history. This isn't a history lesson. This is about a story of Ari Fallman's, um, you know, recollection of what happened to him in the, in the war. So well, it, the history is, it's, it's a very important thing, but it's more of a backdrop than an actual, you know... It's an avenue yeah. to tell the story. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can, I would, as, as someone that doesn't really know what this, uh, like, doesn't know too much about this event and the atrocities that had occurred, I mean, I guess this, for me, acted kind of as a means to kind of, it, it kind of introduced the idea, but it pretty much relies on the viewer to, um, I guess, explore more into it. So I guess that's a fair <clears throat> statement. Um, but so, and, and, and I want to add to what you, and like, this kind of goes into the style of the film. I guess we're just going to jump straight yeah, into, jump straight it. into um, it. Do you, do you, I mean, do you have a, like a summary? I mean, I guess you already said it. It's okay. Yeah. Ari I have a yeah. Okay. It's so. Ari Fulman, the director, writer, producer, and the narrator. It's his journey of self actualization and discovery, um, through his recollection of memories in the war that he is totally suppressed, so much to the point that he for, he forgets everything. And so it's basically a step-by-step -step of him interviewing people that he served with, um, trying to regain what he lost. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what the movie's about, long story short. Yeah, um, and what I think is interesting, now, at the time of this recording, uh, I, I, I think it's... Uh, it, we should bring up uh, another podcast, uh, more obviously more famous than ours, the uh, the canon, where every week they discuss new movies that they be that they believe belongs in uh, quote unquote the canon of great films that should be remembered forever. And interesting, uh, interestingly enough, like a, a week before we started, we we're gonna record this, they talked about Waltz with Bashir, yeah. and that was just kind of really cool um, to me and. Uh, and uh, and they kind of gave me some good insight on some of the things. Uh, I don't. I know you said that you didn't really think that they served it justice. Uh, I, I mean, just I think they they it. do an amazing job. Go listen oh, to yeah. their podcast. Um, I just remember. I don't. I only listened to it once, so I don't exactly remember what they were saying. But I remember kind of just saying they weren't really scratching what at least I felt about the movie. But that's a wholly totally different point, which oh, is yeah. what we're talking about now. We, I, but, we will scratch what I, I didn't get to listen to. The the reason I br I bring up the canon is because they propose or they 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 uh said 
they they gave me the idea that this is actually a, a documentary um and i didn't really take it that way um until the very end of the film which we'll get to but um i thought that was really interesting and then once i really understood that this is a documentary it kind of gave a new appreciation for what the film is um and I, I guess I'll just get right off the bat. This film, for me, took... I, I watched it... It took me three viewings to get it finished the first time. And and I guess we'll get into more of that later. And then the second time I'll watch it, just taking notes for this podcast. But it really took me a lot of time to get through it at first. And I didn't... But I didn't really understand that it was a documentary. So I think once I understood that it, it wasn't... It was, um I guess... A different style of documentary. I had a different appreciation for it, um, but you know, we've been kind of beating around the bush about this this film. Yeah. We're ten minutes into the, or eleven minutes into the podcast, so let's get let's just jump right into okay, it. Okay. Um, so so well, let me let me say right off the bat, I really love the style. And yeah. Okay. I say I was, that we definitely need to start off on that because that's very important. Yeah. So I uh, okay. So the the style of this documentary is it's all animation. Rotoscope, I think. Um, I believe, right? Like that's what it's called. See, it get. I think. I mean, the only other um, inner or like exposure to what is it? Uh, rotoscope. Yeah, I think it's called rotoscope. Well, the only other uh, exposure that I've had is that is a scanner darkly. Yeah. And I feel like. I mean. And Richard Rick, Richard Linklater also used it in his movie uh, Waking Life, I think. Um, I haven't oh. seen that in a, in a long time, but... I haven't seen it, but I've seen, like, bits of it, or, like, clips. It's, it's but... the same thing. Same, actually, concept for using it, but keep going, well, Mike. Um, well, it's, so, it's, 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 like, all animation, which is what I'm getting at, which is very interesting, and, and the first, and, and that goes into the color scheme of, especially throughout the segments, because the colors, in my opinion, play a really, like, oh, yeah. role in this. Yes, so, they do. Uh, so, it's, well, especially speaking, like, my attention is immediately grabbed right off the bat is because it really adds to a sense of, like, disori- like disorientation. Like, it's kind of, like, fuzzy and, like, something, some things are clear. It's really minimalistic. The colors? Um, no, well, yes, but I mean, like the animation, like the whole style of the movie is really, um, it's like, it's like things are detailed, but then some things are really like not detailed. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, it, like I said, it reminds me of a Scanner Darkly, um, and it's a and it's a panning shot backwards, and it's like it's like really like I don't want to say techno, but it's like really like it's pumping music that you're like, whoa, what's going on? And then, um, uh, also, dogs, the, well, the color scheme is I'm gonna mention the color scheme for every. Um, hallucination. This is a um, but I. This is a hallucination right now. It's a dream. Um, it is. It is um a yellow sky, gray foreground. Um, very very dark, dreary, depressing. Um, very like you get like I don't know about you, but I got this sense of like deep foreboding and um like death. Um, like now that that's uh, it's very in- special to notice because this color palette is going to come back again. In a very, very, very crucial part of the movie. So right. keep going, Mike. Dogs. Uh, so uh, we have <clears throat> one by one. It seems like rabid dogs are running pretty much at the viewer. It's it's um, and they're just and more and more are are running and they're and it's interesting is that as more and more join, it seems like they're on a mission. Uh, it's like there's like a pack leader. And they're just running. They're ignoring everything. Um, um, people are like fleeing from them. They're really scared. They're knocking stuff over. 
So they're like on this like hell path of getting wherever they're trying to get to. Yeah, and it's interesting, and like just more and more, like I said, more and more join, and it gets more and more intense, and then they eventually stop, and they look up at a window, and they begin to snarl, and and it's like okay, like now they're they've ignored everything, but why is this? Why why is this? What's getting they, why why did they, they congregate here? to this cafe or wherever? Yeah, up. and the opening line of di- dialogue is uh, there they stand barking. Uh, 26 dogs uh, they've come to kill and this is the intro to our main character uh, Ari Fullman no well the guy who's speaking is Bo's Rain oh yeah well I'm saying like it's Ari Fullman's is, friend but yes yeah, but, but this then is you the cut, intro to our main character yeah it, no it's the intro to Bo's Reign uh, Ari Fullman's friend and okay so it reveals that Bo's Reign I think that's his name how you say it is talking to Ari Fullman in a bar, and this these dogs are his dreams. Um, he's dreaming of twenty six dogs exactly, um, saying they come, they've co- they're coming to get him. Um, and and um, Ari Fullman's saying, why are you dreaming this? Why is this happening? Have you tried other means of you know relaxation? Because um, Bose Rain knows this is a like this is his guilt manifested in the war. Um, and this is a very prevalent theme, theme throughout the movie. Um, and so, and this, and so, uh, Bo's reign, he, um, you find out that he was a soldier, um, in this war that the same as, I don't know if it's the same war, but the whole, the whole point is that he was a soldier in the IDF and Bo's reigns, his, his, his assignment was since they, since I couldn't kill a person, they made me kill dogs. And what these dogs were, they were watchdogs. And whenever they bark, they'd, um, alert the Palestinians, um, you know, that uh, IDF soldiers were around and then they get away. So th- that Bose's job was to kill these dogs. And how many dogs did he kill, Mike? He killed exactly 26, which is uh, the opening line of dialogue of yeah. other 26 dogs. And Ari Fullman asks, why, like, why 26? He's like, I'll get to that. And then it's revealed that it's uh, 26 dogs that he killed. And he remembers everyone. And there's a lot of interesting points about this main, um, this, 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 intro, this introduction to both these characters. Uh, the things that I picked up is that, um, is that this is a glimpse into, like, war as hell and, like, what it was like for these uh, IDF soldiers and, like, the regular man well, I to think, go into. I think it's more of a, it's really interesting because... There's always some sort of justification for what they're doing. Like for Bose, it was, you know, they knew I couldn't shoot a person, so it's like someone had to shoot the dogs or else the men would be would escape. That That is in and of itself a justification for killing these dogs and for, like, committing these war crimes. Um, so, Mike... Oh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah that's a it, It's always a justification, it, yeah. But I... And I, I also... Like the idea that it still affects him as if he killed a man, and even the way they like um they show a, a scene of him shooting one of these dogs, and it's really they don't they, it's not like they do it from a distance. They so they have personal. him, yeah. It's they have him shooting, and then it has an up close personal of the dog like whimpering. It doesn't end quickly, and I think it's like it's just a really interesting idea of just showing yeah. like. Like what? Like whatever they do, it's it's still yeah. I guess wrong. And, and, and also, we enter the theme of the movie of guilt manifests itself into hallucinations. Um, it's there's something. It's like the subconscious. It's trying to get out. 
and it's trying to communicate, and um, this is going to happen with Ari. But um, it's very interesting that actually, um, well, it's the theme of revealing inner demons. This is where it starts. With Bo's reign, it kickstarts with Ari Fullman. And all, yeah. um, because, well, dude, I believe that, um, well, because Ari says, you know, I don't remember what I did. I believe that's the same meeting. And then they're saying, like, uh, you know, what can you do to get therapy for this? How can you recover and heal? And this is where Bo says, can't films be therapeutic? I, I literally just had... This, this is, that is literally thing. the, like, thesis of this movie. Can't <laughs> films be therapeutic? This is the absolute reason why this movie exists, but keep going. Yeah, I mean, I literally have that exact same point. Uh, I took the, I wrote the main theme as identity and, and memory, and that choosing what you want and what you don't want to remember. Um, and, yeah, I, I really like that the idea of, like, can't films be therapeutic? Because that, like you said, this is the thesis of this whole film. Um, a few points that I do also want to bring up. There's there's two that I don't think we talked about. In that, this is kind of goes more into the idea that it's a documentary. In that, the introduction of every character, it's like a name slip. Yeah. And I really... I kind of really like that. It's, it's, it gives its own style, but it also reinforces that idea that this is like a documentary. Um, now, uh, another thing that I noticed is that, like, no matter how, like, uh, I guess, like, dark and, like, gray and depressing the color scheme is, th- there's one thing that always catches my eyes and that I think is really interesting. And it's always the color of the character's eyes, especially that of uh, Ari Fullman. Ari. he... Or Ari, I'm sorry. Um, because he has, like... It, it kind of reminds me of, like, Ed Harris or, like, Jude Law in uh, Enemy at the Gates, where they have these, like, bright... Well, Ed Harris has bright blue eyes, and they always stand out in any close-up. Like, no matter how dark and, like, uh, grimy and gritty the anything that's around them, you always focus on the eyes. And I think that's really uh, interesting that... In, especially in like a rotoscope or retroscope, whatever this style of animation is called, you can still pick up on the eye color and like that. I never really noticed that. I mean, that's just and like it's not even just a uh, uh, Ari. It's it's other characters as well. But I always picked up on him because he has these blue eyes in the film. Uh, I wonder if he actually has blue eyes. I, I would I would imagine so. I'm actually gonna look up a a picture of him. But yeah, I thought that was really. Uh, something interesting. Yeah. Um. And also, I think the other point is that they a recurring line, I believe, is that's not stored in my system, and um, that's what Ari says. Um, I I believe to Bone in that scene, in that same scene, which which represents the total oppression of this event. Um, and so, and then we we lead into the the first uh, hallucination of Ari. Uh, do you wanna? Um. Well, I do have it written down. I guess this is, um, this goes into, yeah, the first flashback. And the thing that kind of is driving, is this vision that's driving him to uh, seek out, um, I guess, other comrades. And it's just to try and fill in the gaps to this point. Um, So it's him, it's, it's, it's Ari and two other soldiers, and they're lying back. In destroyed ruins, in this, in the they sea, wake up in the water, and there's yeah. flares. Yeah, they wake up in the water, and there are flares going off. And they get up, and they're walking forward. Uh, I guess um, investigating what's going mm-hmm. on. Now, 
I'm assuming this is uh, at this point, and uh, it's it's just very prolific. It's a really awesome shot. Uh, it's just like the flares and like this. It's a, it's a, it's interesting because it's like lighting in animation, which I mean I'm not big animation or like it kind of like the only thing that I feel like animation is like. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to speak on animation because I'm not an animation expert. But, like, it's just interesting how the <coughs> lighting is used. And it's, like, very lifelike, like, how actual lighting yeah. and, like, legit, like, like live mm-hmm. action so films are. keeps going. And, and it's, and so, it's they very don't, interesting. so then they get out of the water and then they walk through the ruins of, you know, a city along the water. They don their combat gear. And then what, what happens next? Um, let me see. There are shadows of women and children. You can, I think, you can't hear them screaming yet, but they start running in groups at I may, Ari. I may, have, and I may have missed this because I, I don't really. I'll have, have this it written, written down. down. And they're screaming, women and children. Um, Ari is looking through them, but he's not looking at them. You, he, you can tell oh, he's looking at something. Oh, okay. But the and the look on his face is totally blank. Um, and also, so that's what this is, and this is gonna, you know, this is the basis well, of... I have another thing to add to this scene, but that's good, because I didn't really write that down, I guess I didn't think it was, not important, but I just oh, kind of dismissed yeah. it, because I just thought, I guess it was just a crowd running, and he just was so desensitized by everything, it just well, didn't that's the affect point, him. Yeah. Well, I know, but I, I just, I just didn't write on it, but I think this is, um... I, I love the score. Oh my god, scene. yeah. Um the guy's like, name it's violence. The guy's name is Max um like Richter. It's Rich Richter. He, he is one of my favorite composers of like modern day. He is amazing. Every single score he's done is beautiful. He also has done Perfect Sense. Um but he's done so many other things, but Perfect Sense is also one of my favorite of his scores. It is fucking beautiful. But yes, keep going. Well, all right, yeah, I was going to go into, like, the violins with the orchestra, and it's very moving and, like, I mean, I guess provocative, but I feel like that's not the right it's word. It's very dramatic. It's like, really, very like, dramatic, yeah. It gets you, in, it's emotionally investing. You're like, whoa. Like, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of, uh, like, um, like this, like the string uh, orchestra, like, that that ensemble piece in, like, Platoon. Yeah, Dodge for Strings, was, yeah. Uh, that's the song. Yeah, I, I forgot what it was called. I knew you were going to know, but, um... And another thing I noticed is that the the color palette changed. It goes from dark and yellow to when they when they're in the water and the flares are going, and when they get out and they're I guess walking through the people, it's blues and greens, like still dark but not yellow, not very bright. I don't know if you picked up on that. I I thought it was pretty. I I said that the color palette changed. It went from darks, like really like kind of like black and yellow to like blues like dark blues and dark greens when like the the dark yellow when they're walking out of the water and the blues and greens when they're like in the crowd yeah i don't i never really tried to take notes on that i don't know i guess i was just looking more at the color like the colors and stuff like the style like because i didn't really know what i was going to talk about it's just with style. Film. Um, so I was just but i was trying to I think really that and i mean style. well there's two things i got to say about that um one is that I'm really happy that you noticed the flares because that is an incredible detail that you need, like, that is, it ties in. Um, and also, um, he, he says it explicitly that it's tied to the massacres at Sabra and Shatila. 
I, I believe I'm saying those words, uh, the, the the camps right. I, I hope I'm not butchering it. Yeah, I, I have them written I, down. I have them written down, I just didn't want to... I feel like I was going to utterly butcher it. I feel like if anybody's going to butcher so it, it should be me. But they know what I'm... The, viewers, the listeners know what I'm saying. Anyway, so, but he explicitly says it, that it's tied to this memory. So whatever the hell is happening, it is because of this singular event. Um, and then that, and then it kickstarts us into the next scene where he goes to visit his therapist. And he's yes, and it's his. I I would assume it's like yeah, it is his. Wait, it's his therapist it's, or it's, it's, like it's one of his friends. Um, I, like a I think it's one of his therapists. Um, I I took it. I took it as a friend who just happens. To okay, be whatever. It's it's a person. That's what. That's how I took it. In some way, shape, or form, has experience with psychology. But so the the purpose of the scene is um. You know, Ari comes, he asks, why did Bose's, um, you know, recollections, how did that kickstart the flashbacks? Um, and so it really goes into, the therapist talks about this psychological example, it's a test, I, I don't remember what it's called, but where they show ten childhood images, nine are real and one is fake, okay? Nine are real, one is fake. And then, so, they, they're asking, you know, a, ba- a backdrop is fabricated. Um, they actually like recollect and pull together all these different images and put them in one picture. Um, and it actually, they, they, the the therapist says eighty percent of the people recognize themselves within the photo that as being real, and twenty percent didn't actually remember this photo being taken. And keep in mind, this photo is not real, um, but it shows that memory is dynamic; it is alive. That is the quote that is also very important. There are a lot of very important quotes within this movie, um, but the one that should definitely be taken note is, quote, memory is dynamic, it's alive, end quote. Um, He also goes to say, if some details are missing, memory fills the holes with things that never happened. So these are where, like, the hallucinations come in, where, you know, kind of trying to fill in the blanks come into play and trying to unscramble this kind of, like, defense mechanism of, you know, survival. Um, and actually, speaking of human mechanisms, they keep going on to say... Wait, did you, did you say... I said... Did you say the human mechanism? Yeah, I'm gonna actually just about to say that. Well, okay, because I, cause I was like... I was looking at my notes, and I was going in and out, and I and I looked down, and like, there's some things I have to say yeah, about the but, scene. Yeah, but here, let me finish. But I was like... Let me I didn't want to... Okay, yeah. Um, They're saying a human mechanism prevents us from going to dark places. Memory takes us where we need yes. to go. Um, and that is, that is, you know, kind of the essence of what's happening in this movie. Memory is taking us where we need to go. Um, it's what Ari is trying to find and is actually what's helping him find what's happening. Yeah, uh, you kind you kind of said everything there's to say about this scene. Um, I, I, I like the idea that the psychological... Psychological experiment is to show that people fill in the like fill in the gaps of memory that they think is real. So it kind of goes into like what's real, what's not real, like how much of it is Ari um, thinking, like kind of like what he wants to believe and what is actually like reality, which is kind of interesting. And in that uh, like, and he's asking like who was there like with him. And that and that again kickstarts like he recognizes one of the faces but not the other so he that kind of leads him into another direction. Now halfway through the scene in the se- like the second viewing, <clears throat> I kind of I kind of noticed something. Now whereas you're getting the the really like um, 
analytical, like, the meaning of all of it, which is, I really appreciate, because I am probably gonna attribute, like, dick to Man, whatever, that to this conversation, though. but, um, the style, like, if you look in the background, I don't know if this yep, is, like, in the window, it's, 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 like, okay, so, in this, like, the way they show the psychological, the psychological experiment is it's in an open field, and they kind of insert just, um, like, miscellaneous things, just, like miscellaneous, like like, like a juggler and like a balloon and stuff like that. Yes, and most notably, like a, and it's saying it's taking place at a fair. Is the the fair is the memory that does not exist, but people say they remember the fair. Now, in the background, it's like things you typically find at like a fair or a circus. Um, in this particular one, that three things that are there: um, a hot air balloon, a Ferris wheel, and a tent. Now, when they cut back and to the conversation in the in the home of his friend the psychologist whenever it cuts to uh, Ari in the background is that field with the hot air balloon the revolving a uh, ferris wheel and the tent and yeah, i and i, I noticed like, that my Whoa. first go around and, too and i just thought that was really interesting and i was like wait a minute like is this like uh, it, it was just a really interesting stylistic like approach and i'm like wow that really got me thinking of everything brian just said yeah um, um so yeah that's kind of really what i that, that's what the scene takes away said. from it um and then this is where I, th- I believe it's the same scene where the therapist says you know go retrace your steps go find people who were there with you the people who are in your hallucination people who you fall with and go talk to them i believe that happens in this scene too am i right yeah, kind of. Yeah, and this is where he says, like, yeah, and he that does happen because he says, like, what if I find something that I don't want to find? And that's where the human like mechanism quote <clears> comes <throat> in, of like, um, what, what was it? It prevents us from yeah, going to dark yeah. places. That's where that's where like that whole thing stems from. But in the end, Ari eventually decides to go f- go find and pursue this this quote unquote lead, which is his friend. Uh, yeah, Carmi? just Carmi. He. Yeah, Carmi. Now, he lives in Holland, and now this is, again, like, a pretty interesting color change, because it goes from, like, really dark colors to completely yeah. white, um, in a white landscape, um, and then it cuts, so, so we cut from the psychologist to Holland, where Ari and Carmi are in a car driving, they're smoking, it's, it's completely engulfed in white, and this is a lot of um, you get a lot you get a lot of interesting dialogue here in that uh, Carmi owns a lot of land and he's he's sell, he's a self-made man own or er, selling falafel I guess a Middle Eastern dish and what I think is interesting is that they're like oh we thought you were gonna be like a nuclear like physicist and that you were gonna like have a Nobel Prize or or something like that and he's like oh well who thought that he's like oh just everyone back home and. I, I wrote this quote down. He says, "At twenty, that dream was dead, and and at this point, he was in the military. So I think that's interesting. Is that his experience kind of completely altered his history and what he? Like, I guess, I guess what everyone thought was his manifest destiny, or his destiny, or his fate. And and it's also interesting in that every single one of at this point every single one of these men that he's that uh, Ari has talked to including himself they all start having memory problems pretty much at the same time like 20 years after the events have taken like I've undertaken or they're they're they're, they're finished 
like after the fact. What, what did you have to think about that? Like the, the intro and everything. Well, I mean, a lot, I took um, a few things out of this. Um, this isn't even including the hallucination. Um, uh, the only thing, the only note I really took was um, Carmi's son asked him if he ever shot anyone in the war. To which Carmi responds, "I don't know." Um, just re- further represents more disassociation from this event because um, that's kind of something you would remember. Um, now, do you want to get into Carmi's hallucination? Um, did I? Oh, so yeah, this is pretty nuts. So, I I have it quoted as the boat story. Um, so we go into this. It's a pretty like interesting party song. I have no like all the music is obviously like Israeli or Palestinian. It's foreign and um, it's it's interesting. It's like I said, it's a party song. And what I like about this, or it's like an interesting story in that going to war, they sent his, I guess, regiment, uh, Carmi's regiment, on a party boat uh, to to attack the enemy, like, with a surprise, surprise attack. And there's an interesting detail in that the boat was actually a commando boat. And, like, so it didn't really matter at that point. They just gave all their soldiers a bunch of booze and just said, like, drink up. And I have a quote of, like, why would the army lie about, like, a party boat if they just sent them on a commando boat? Um, and so, and then you get more into why Carmi joined the military. <clears throat> it says that he joined, he joined up to become a man, uh, that he had to prove his, his yeah. worth to everyone. Um. And, and he gets, but, and then he's like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to be a man, but... I got seasick, and he was thrown up, and he and he says he sleeps when he gets well, also, he so also he ends says, up to this day, I escape. I escape into sleep and hallucinate. So again, he's escaping, and like, more hallucinations. That, and that, that's kind of, that's interesting. Like, when he said I sleep, it reminded me of uh, a <clears throat> band of brothers. Uh, uh, what's his, what's his name? Uh, he was the soldier that got shot in the neck he Blythe he uh this is later oh, in the yeah. series of the or not or the or the novel where is a soldier that he I I I I remember specifically this story because he when he dropped into Normandy he fell in a foxhole and he slept the whole like first night and I remember thinking like why did he sleep like that seems like you wouldn't be able to sleep you'd be so jacked up on nerves and like people are trying to kill you but now I mean I guess I understand now that it's just some it's just people cope with different extreme circumstances in different ways so I don't know I just it was just I just always thought I just um, thought of that while I was watching this but I want to get into this dream so this dream, it's a giant... Now, you're no, going to probably go more... I won't. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, put it... I have no idea what to make of this hallucination. Okay, well, okay, this is okay. This is what I had. So, it's a giant naked woman is swimming over to the boat. And I took this as, like, maybe, like, a Mother Superior kind of thing. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, this, I always think of, like, Across the Universe or, like... When they're singing, you're like she's so heavy, and they're carrying the um, the uh, Statue of Liberty on their shoulders through the force of Vietnam, and I always think of like that's like Mother Superior. It's like the big um, uh, I don't know leader, like like a symbol that you fight for. So I took this naked woman as some sort of like Mother Superior like figure, and 
she takes him and leads him away, like, she swims out with him on the boat, and he says, I watched my friends die, and it cuts to the boat, and he's far away from it, and he's just watching it, and then this, like, B-42 comes out and just cluster bombs the boat. totally destroys it. And, and it's, yeah, and it's like, whoa, what the hell, and then, and then as the bomb, or the boat explodes, he wakes up. So, that's really all I have of the dream sequence. It's pretty surreal. Um, what, what? I mean, did you have anything no, like more I, to add? I like really, maybe we can try. Maybe we can try and I, dissect what we I honestly have think it no means, idea I mean. what that what that could possibly mean. Um, I guess it's like maybe <clears throat> like the elegance of that lady. It's it's kind of like a juxtaposition in terms of like Carmi is so peaceful. Maybe maybe that's his, that the woman represents his escape from everything. Um, not so much like the bomb blowing up, but just him escaping from war. That like it's just him sleeping, maybe you know if that makes sense. Like the woman represents him yeah. escaping into sleep. I don't know because it never comes up again. So <clears throat> yeah, I think I guess it's just like an interesting like it's an interest. It also is an interesting transition into. Like, he wakes up, and he immediately goes into war. And it's so I guess it goes into this peaceful, like, swimming... Well, I mean, it goes into this peaceful swimming to something extremely violent, and then it jumps into the violence. So, he said that they start shooting yeah. immediately. Wait, do, wait and, did, you, did you just say they went on the they beach? Were... They invaded? Did you say they went on what the beach that? yet, and then they started shooting? You kind of missed that part, Oh, well... Oh yeah. Well, okay. So they <coughs> dropped onto a beach. What were they outside of? It might have. What's? I, I, yeah, I don't know if it was city. Lebanon yet, but I'm assuming it was. I can't remember. The point is, they were at a Palestinian. Yeah. Well, anyway, so like city. Yeah, they were in the shit now. The shit and quote. It's so they really dropped the them in yet. a. Yeah. Oh well, they're there. They're in country. And they drop, they drop them, and and Carmi is saying how they just immediately started firing at nothing particular, just like anything that they they were just pulling their triggers, and this leads. Now I kind of honestly I kind of saw this coming. Uh, what happens? What the events that ensue? So they're just firing away at really any building that's in anything that's in front of them, and a car pulls up, and they fuck this car up. They just pump every single piece of lead that they have into this car. And as they walk by, you don't see what's inside the car, but you only mention it through dialogue, and Carmi says that there's a family in the car. Now, I took this that it's casualties of war, but it's 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 obviously still... Well, they killed a family. They killed, like, fucked. a parents and, like, their two children. It's very fucked up, so... And it was like it was the first thing they were in. They landed, and within five minutes, they killed innocent people. And I think throughout this film, the the and like obviously this is the main theme. Like it's a ma- it leads up to massacring of innocent people. But like throughout the film, it's like I feel like the um the innocent the casualties of war, the innocent casualties of war, just keep getting racketing like racking up like and 
and I guess as the montage, because there's a few interesting musical mon- montages in this film that I think more and more innocents get killed. Um, so I don't know. I thought that was an interesting way of saying it. And now, now was Ari? Yeah, he was. Group? This is because this is, this is like next... he's leaving okay. Army's house, and then he has his first actual memory of war. Well, no, I guess technically no, that was a hallucination. Was that wasn't one, was that was a Kickstarter. memory. He says this is he had his first memory. Sure? But what's the difference between a hallucination? The memory and actually memory? happened. The hallucination didn't. But the hallucination... the hallucina- I no, that the did hallucination happen. did not happen. Like I thought, like so that was just okay. So the flare. No, no, that no, 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 no. That was you're, just... you're getting it. You're thinking about it too much. Like the hallucination represents what he's trying to find. The flares totally mean something, but he doesn't know yet. Oh. Oh, no, okay. So this, okay, this tank... So, okay, like, then I took that well, more literal. Well, like it's, it's, yeah, it's not so much literal as, like, figurative yet, but, like... Because you don't know what any of it means. Well, like, because here, it... he's, like, actually narrating it and telling you what happened. In the, in the um, hallucination, you're just watching it unfold. You don't know what the hell is happening. With this, he said, I remember this. This is my first memory since... I left. Alright, well, okay, let's jump into it, because I do, like, I end up, okay, so, I think, I I, I wrote the notes here, that I feel like, like, I'm having my first, like, concern with this film, and, like, so far, I think that this is, like, separate stories of soldiers, and there's really, like, the connection is pretty thin, in that, like, it's just showing, like, atrocities of war, and as this film goes on, I feel like that I'm not necessarily proven right, but, like, I can, I'm given more evidence that I can believe that what I said is the case. Um, not to say, like, I don't like this segment, I feel like with new, each new segment, I'm gonna say, I really like this segment. Um, but, it's it's just that like I like the segment. Well, you don't know if it can actually connects it, to the greater narrative. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, because I feel like, and as we go on, like I just feel like like after like there's there's two tank there's two uh, tank segments. The first one is Ari, and the second one is another war, war veteran or war comrade. Not, they weren't they never veteran, served together. It's just um, a veteran. Oh, okay. See, like this is what I'm getting at, like. I thought that they served together, that well, they were comrades I mean, at one point. Because, well, okay, but, well, getting to the whole scene, though, it's, you know, it, I think it really just goes to show, like, how, you know, terrible this was. It's, it's, Ari Fullman is in a tank crew where he's basically tasked with loading and unloading wounded and dead soldiers from, like, point A to point B. And the only way, the only reason I took this is that it's just showing the nightmare of war and what it is actually doing to Ari. He, at this point, he's 19 I, years old. And what he's, he's sitting in a tank, shooting blindly into shadows. He can't even see the enemy. And I think that kind of just goes in the play of the actual war itself. And the Arab, Arab-Israeli, like, or, yeah, Arab-Israeli, like, conflict as a whole is that you're just shooting at shadows. You don't actually, like, really know who the enemy is. Um... They're just they're just running through a field blindly firing, and then they say one of the guys is like, "Well, shouldn't we pray?" And then Ari says, "Well, shoot and pray." You know, they just he's just going, and then and then under yeah. him he's seeing like dead soldiers, just people like 
missing their arms and legs, just looking totally just shell-shocked. It really just highlighting the fact that this is hell for him. Yeah, and like, I guess I'm gonna go more into the imagery of this, because I say that this is my favorite segment, and it, you know, it probably is, because like, throughout the whole, this animation style is pretty minim, like minimalistic, in that like, not a lot is kind of going on on the screen, like, even when people are like, moving, it's pretty like, um, it's like, only certain things are moving, it's not like, flowing like a, like an actual like, live action would seem. I mean, I think it, it works just <coughs> fine. But in this, it's, like, really, really detailed. Um, I feel like there's more of movement going on. And um, so, like you said, like, like I said, the imagery is amazing. It's, like, dark and gritty. My favorite, or not my, I don't want to say my favorite, but the most, the image that I'm going to take away from this film is when they're, it's pretty much, well, okay, uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of leaving at the end, but... Let's say at this in this moment, the um is is when they're taking back the dead and wounded soldiers, and there's a pan at at uh, Ari's feet, and it's just bodies and corpses, and they're just kind of like twitching with the uh, with the movement of the tank, and you just hear gunshots and like I think as bullets are like casings are falling on them, and then it pans up to Ari just firing, and it's. And then it's just very like holy shit, and it's just constant fire. But nobody, There's but like, also nobody's shooting back dark. at them. They're just shooting blindly. Yeah, that's another thing. Darkness is encas- encasing them. No one's shooting back. And then there's like, you see it in the in the distance of just a light, and they're just driving towards it, and they dump them, which is another inter- like that's not me saying that. This is like they literally. That's the quote. Just <clears throat> load them up and dump them, and like dump them where, and like go east or something or go west there dump them there and they end up finding like um like a base camp or something that's where they dump the body they literally quite literally dump the bodies and then they clean the blood out of their tank and then they load back up and they leave and they just don't stop shooting they just kind of keep doing it and then Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this transitions into the uh, next that's what I tank have segment, down. which, um, yeah, sure. <clears throat> Do you want to go into that? Because I thought no, it was I like think, they were comrades. No, I think it opens up with he's saying like he shows him a picture. Of, Ari shows the guy whose name is I just wrote Ronnie. <clears throat> Excuse me. He um he showed him a picture of him when he was 19. Ari showed Ronnie and he said, "Do you recognize me?" And Ronnie said, "No, I don't." So you know that they're not related, but. So the story is being told anyway, and so Ronnie was a member of a tank crew um, who they would, I'm assuming they went into Lebanon, because especially through the song, there's like a montage of, you know, what it's like kind of being in this tank crew, um, playing the song, I think the song is called Good Morning Lebanon, Um, and it's really just... It's really yeah. just showing, like, the pure destruction of this freaking tank. It's just like they're roving through streets, you know, on a path of destruction, just, like, like scratching buildings, like, completely just crushing cars. What... I, I took the scene as, like, in a few things, in that war is boring as hell, 
until oh well yeah it's not like if that makes sense like in that like it's like in that like war is boring and then it can and then that can that like sense of security can change and that kind of goes into like this is showing like a tank is a massive vehicle of protection and then in war that doesn't even matter because what happens like all right so into that song is like the death and destruction of lebanon now, in the middle of that song, it briefly gets cut with the tank commander of, what's it, Ronnie? Of his tank getting shot. And it literally just abruptly ends. And then this shows that the tanks are not so protective. Um, their tank gets, like, now, the commander gets shot, and everyone essentially is just in shock. They don't, they don't react quickly enough, and their tank gets disabled. Now... Here's okay. Now here's a thing. Now they run out of the tank, and I guess in p- a pure panic, they run like away from the their like remaining like friendly tanks, and the entire tank crew gets <clears throat> killed except Ronnie. Now, I guess I have a question. Like, now they they run they run out because Ronnie had said anyone that stayed in the tank got killed. Now, why did they run out into the line of fire? Why didn't they run back to this Oso? Oh protected tanks. No, their tanks were getting blown up and shot at. No, but I I get that, but the but here's the thing, like the only tank that is seen like that gets disabled and blown up is there and they're in the front of the line. So I didn't understand why they didn't because, just because their back tanks to, like the back tank retreated. and then there was nobody there. No, but they re- they retreated after. It doesn't the fact. matter. The point is that well, also it's a wartime situation. You don't know what the hell is going to happen. You know they that could have been their first instinct instinct to panic and run for the beach. The point is it, the point isn't whether or not they acted you know rationally because the point is that Ronnie is the sole survivor. Yeah, I mean, I it's just I mean it's just I really I, I just think because it's not the. Because then I also said like, well, why the fuck did because these tanks they, because retreat? I guess because they had the enemy had RPGs and they could have disabled them. But I mean, it also goes into that the tanks aren't as like strong and and they don't serve as that great of protection as they thought they did. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Um. So. Anyway, the like we were, we've been mentioning, the entire tank column retreats and leaves Ronnie, who I guess yeah. is presumed dead because the entire tank crew was killed, and he hides, like towards the sea, <clears throat> like behind rocks until I guess nightfall, and he he decides to swim back to his forces. Now that just sounds horrible and frightening, and like like you swim in and. And it's just like you don't like he gets so he's so exhausted like he's like he thought he was gonna die he was just afraid that he was gonna die and he was thinking of his mother and he was so afraid like I guess they were they I don't know if they were looking for him but like there's like at one point a bomb is dropped into the 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 sea not too far from him a chopper is looking for I, I well i'm presumed it's looking for him because there's a spotlight on it's pretty low to the, the water <clears> level but he ducks under the water because he doesn't know who it is and then he's talking about like he just wants to make it to the shore but he can't he's so exhausted like he sometimes just he yeah just, uh, but i mean i think also the ultimate point is him. that he makes it to shore the same men who abandoned him find him again and so, in the aftermath of this, 
he um, blames himself um, for the death of his friends. Yeah, he feels guilty. Um, he feels but he like also he abandoned said his comrades. He wanted to forget. He wanted to forget those memories again. You know, it's these horrible atrocities that we have to go through is like you know not we but as a species collectively, and that it's it's impact on this guy, and that he just wanted to forget. Um, he, in this case, he couldn't, but in in Ari's case, he could forget. Um, and that's really all there is to that, about that scene. Um, I guess the next sequence actually, they, then they do a pan shot of the act the same the very same beach that Ronnie's men were killed on. Um, there's this actually a very very interesting sequence where very stylistic and I again like again I'm gonna keep saying this but I do like this segment a lot I think it's very creative and it's very energetic um, the song again it's, it's an Islamic, Islamic Lebanon like what are you talking about Islamic that's uh, oh it's it's dude I don't know I, I'm not late, I'm just I'm, I it's late while it's, we were talking about this it's not Islamic it, yeah, it's, whatsoever it's, it is very it's late it's just a song in another language day. But. but anyway it's it's a foreign rock song and I don't know what it's called I'm assuming it's called I Bombed Something, Side okay Dance. here I'm gonna go side, side through down. the montage so basically it's like there's a rock song um about so it opens up with a guy just playing air guitar on his uh, rifle so then it goes to you know flash forward of you know, they took the beach, and now they start partying. Um, I actually got an Apocalypse Now reference from this. It's where they're surfing on the beach, and then artillery starts blowing up. And then it's like, that's oh, yeah. literally, like, the exact little cutout from the thing. Um, men are accidentally, like, airstriking themselves. They're, like, trying to call it off, and they blow each other up. Um, white phosphorus is raining in the sky, and men are, like, worshipping it. Um, they're frying eggs on, like, blown-up cars. Um, and this actually, and then we get into the mini segment with this song. Well, okay, so I'm going to go, I'm going to describe it, and then I'm going to say what it means to me. So, men miss a helicopter, one of them gets shot by a car, and then the car goes into the city, just kills a bunch of other soldiers, and then comes the, the montage where they try and blow up the car. So basically they try and airstrike it, um, like, through a jet. They try and get a, um a more precise airstrike on it doesn't do anything um a guy tries to shoot at the car he kills a man an, an innocent bystander on his donkey kills him um so and and amongst this whole process it's showing that the idf can't kill the enemy but they're killing everything else and everything else around them and i think this is when i said earlier that the uh like the the casualties of war just keep and this scene especially is just ramping it up. It's like it first starts off with like uh, the drive or like uh like so it, they shoot like a sniper misses the driver of the car and shoots a an, an, like an innocent man and then there's the artillery that they send artillery at the car and it ends up just hitting the buildings and then there's like an AC or not it's not yeah AC I couldn't but it's I like couldn't remember what that was and, called so yeah and. It's a very precise airstrike. Well, it's a gunship, yeah. and they drops, like, yeah, and it's, like, a precise airstrike, and it hits in the center of a town, or, like, a city, <clears throat> and the car just keeps going. Um, one thing I do want to um, also bring up is that the song I Bombed Sidon or Sidon, whatever, whatever it is, it kind of reminds me of the cake song I bombed or I bombed Korea and like the lyrics are both like kind of like really like like just like 
just we kill people like every day it doesn't matter and like what and like going back to the song in this segment one thing like i can't like they always had the sub the subtitles of the song and one that i really like during that whole segment of them like just killing anyone it says we send we send strangers straight to hell and it's like holy shit and then that kind of like there's so much killing on screen and like they're just killing people that they don't know uh they're not they're not killing like idf but they're killing quote-unquote strangers and uh so right after that segment when like the bombs like take out the civilians like that big like cluster like precision strike um i guess there's a patrol and uh oh okay i i jumped ahead a little bit but uh we're we're introduced to frankel Did oh you no actually that, up? that was the next segment so all right yeah, so I guess if you want to bring that up, because my introduction to him is 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 pretty like Frankel, and then we get out to his patrol. So I didn't really, and like, yeah, I didn't really write anything um, about him. So well, I mean, he he served, before. he actually served with Ari. That is how they're connected. Um, really, the only thing I really wrote about this is the um, I think this is the scene where they um are in a uh, like a jungle esque setting where. It's very like tranquil, 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 excuse me, and peaceful piano playing, and they're like in like a, a column of guys, um, and like just kids with RPGs start shooting at them, and then they jump, blast those kids straight to hell, like you know, blast the shit out of them, and then it just shows how they kill children, like tr- these child soldiers, um, and it it's really like, I think the only reason I took notes on this is that. Um, it's like the this really jarring juxtaposition of music versus um, like scenes of extreme brutality, um, and so that's really all I had to say about that. Frankel comes in later in the story in a much more. The only reason I say like integral part of the story is because he is the reason why like he is like the waltz with Bashir. He is one of the waltz or the dancers, um, but we'll get with that. We'll get to that when it comes. Um, so then the next scene is a therapist scene. The single most important scene in this movie, um, this movie, if you explain, if you listen, uh, to everything this woman says, she explains what's going to happen at the movie and why it happens. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to comment at all until the very end. I will draw back to the scene, but I'm going to get, Mike, you pay attention. Like you say guess I'm not going to acknowledge anything you say until the end, very end of the review. Okay, because, yeah, because I probably wrote down just pretty much the summary of what was said, and I have my own things about, I mean, not, I guess, not as in-depth with you. So, this therapist, uh, uh, Solomon, is how I I think... Okay, she's actually... Yeah, I just... Did you get her her title? She, she is a, she's a, she's a post-trauma psychologist. She's psychiatric, yeah, she deals with PTSD. PTSD. Okay, uh, that makes sense. Uh, I just, I guess I wasn't listening or looking in detail. So, um, Solomon brings into this, um, this, uh, I guess, this, I don't know, anecdote, I guess, about a photographer, like a war photographer, and she was saying how people, I guess, dissociate themselves from these, this, like, mass. Uh, like this, these things that will break really anyone, and so what this photographer did is that he 
took himself out of the situation by I don't want to say hiding, but by saying by by looking through a camera, and that he psychologically processed that as that he is not really seeing with his own two eyes, and that he it's kind of like kind of it's kind of like it's just an image on a screen, and and so. So what's interesting again the stylistic of this is that the whole thing is taken. Uh, I'm sure yeah, the real. I, I'm very sure too. Were, it's it's uh, rotoscoped. Which now no, I, I, because uh, ret- retroscope I'm sure doesn't even exist. Rotoscope. What a okay rotoscoped and um and uh, now now this is. Uh, like not give like okay so I wish what they did was is that they there, actually no, there's, used there's a like, reason real why footage. There's a very explicit reason. Well, okay, why so they like don't I get the idea. Yet. Okay, well, okay, well, okay. So I understand like with the photos, like it can it can kind of drive home the fact that like okay, it's not like he's dis he's dis uh, dissociating himself from this. But then uh oh, something bad happens is that his camera breaks and he doesn't have that filler that like he can dissociate himself and he has to f- finally see the horrors of what he's actually seeing or what he's documenting and i think it's interesting at this point it cuts from when he says oh his camera broke it cuts from photography to film now i wish that they kind of switched to actual film at this point because i think it would have driven home more the fact that like he actually this is what he's seeing well um, um but either way it's still effective so once once the it goes into um like the film uh oh i didn't i guess i stopped writing it but he the photographer sees um horses that are um, they're dying the, like the stables or they whatever got bombed and they okay, they they were bombed. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't. The point I, is, they're innocent victims. Right. Notes on it, but yeah, yeah. And that's kind of interesting. Is that the horses did that form, and not all the mass like innocent civilians that like you know what I mean? Like it took seeing because these, they were like, I, I guess, think majestic creatures in this sense horses. Like the horses were entirely innocent. Like, in every way, shape, or form. I guess you could somehow justify that, like, the Palestinians or other people were, you know, as much as at fault for being in this conflict. But, I mean, I never would say that. But I'm just saying for this horse's example. It's really not important why it's a horse. Just the fact that it is. I know, I just think, I just think it's interesting in that, like... Like innocent people are getting slaughtered just because of their ethnic differences, and that this photographer sees horses that are being starved, and it takes that, and that is what drives him to like uh, post-traumatic stress, and that he is depressed, and that he like he can't like he's he's changed because of these horses, and not like like innocent men women and children that were shot in the streets just because they were palestinian and that they were different than you or i or from the soldiers that shot them i don't know i thought that was interesting but this goes into the next (coughs) i guess i the next thing i've written down is uh yeah ari's leave of uh, his his very brief leaf uh uh, relief from yeah so he's going home um this is another musical montage um i don't it's I have no idea what the hell song it is. It's very it's like it screams eighties. Um 
But that's not really, it's not really the point. Like, the song isn't that important. Um, pretty much what happens is it's Ari. It's a montage of Ari just... Like, he feels totally outside of basic reality because of his experience in war. Yeah, he's he's alienating himself. Yeah, he's like... Dis- he's disassociating like, from the, every, the things like, I everyone and everything. That, um, he... People are, like, literally speeding and fast-forward by him, and he's just walking slowly, um, which which further highlights his, like, his removal because of his experience. And then also he sees people playing violent war games in arcades. Um, and then there was, like, a whole other segment of, like, how he wants to get his girlfriend back and, like, make her feel guilty. I really didn't write any other notes for this scene. It's really not important at all. Yeah, I have... I have two lines. I've I've two lines of things. Just he's alienating himself, and that it really shifts him into a new <coughs> perspective on life. But then he's called back after 24 hours, so nothing is really explored of how he's trying to deal with it, which is fine. Now, I guess that's all we really have to talk about, um, because then there's some scenes about how I guess someone back home had an affair or like was in love with his ex-girlfriend and then but it's like letting the past go and um and it's just i, I forget that was what Bose, that I character was like they're at the again. bar or something like oh yeah that was him i knew he looked familiar but anyway see like i it just goes to show like i like to me like i just feel like there's not really much connection with i don't know it's just i don't know i did i didn't catch up on it but so he goes back uh, Ari goes back to the front, and they're put into this uh, yeah, okay. villa. That's like kind of like, it. Kind of it. Kind of reminds like, me of Eagle like Fest? like kind of like like it's like it's like of. yeah, it's like or like or like the Ukrainian president. How we just decked the fuck out of his like mansion with like it took me as that like just like how corrupt like the it's like it's I took it as like a leader's like den that they like yeah. that they like overrun and they're using it as a base now like, yeah this leads to one of bizarre the, experiences most, i've ever seen like, bizarre and uncomfortable fucking scenes of this movie brian why don't what you know what what you have a story that goes okay, along with this yeah. so why so, don't you, and i guess i technically do too but you are gonna well, go first like, you okay, explain so, what the i mean fuck i guess happens. like for context it's like these guys are you know just kind of chilling and like partying in this big ass mansion like they're sleeping in beds taking baths you know but it re- they show up on this commander um he's an officer and he's just sitting there in his underwear watching porn uh, whatever i thought he was whatever naked. it is he's watching porn he looked like he was naked and like but... <laughs> it goes into like it's like stereotypical porn where it's like oh like yeah and it's like, pl- it's like, like plumber porn. everything the whole nine yards but and then and then it sh- and then it proceeds to show uh, rotoscope full penetration animation, um, as like as played as they're watching it. But and it was really it was really weird. I have no idea why that was put in the movie. How it even has any significance to the story. But the funny story that I have is all right. So that was the day my teacher wasn't there, um, when we were watching this movie. So get get just imagine who subbed for our class, like. I go for the Me? context is I go guess? to a religious school, um, so imagine what right, kind of so person was subbing that class. Do you want me to guess or like? Or I'm gonna assume like 
a priest. A really conservative, a priest, like... A priest was subbing that day oh, for us. He, oh. he just put in the movie, we were just sitting there. And and then, like, as the movie... As at this part, I'm like, oh my god. This is, good. like, they're watching porn. Like, there's no way we're, like, gonna actually show this. Oh my god, the, like, the animated dick is coming out. Oh my god, they're having, like... Holy shit, you can see full penetration. And, it's and, like then, a and then I'm like, oh my god. I was just sitting there, and you can tell, like, everybody in the class was just like... Oh my god. Like, there's a priest. He just sat there. How'd the priest just sat there. Yeah, he was watching the movie. Was he us. watching he the movie there. too? And we're like, oh my god. Well, it's like, it's weird. Like, it's, it's kind of, it's, okay, so that's like a weird thing if, like, just going into that, like, we're, like, you're close. No, it's not that we couldn't take it. It's I just, guess, like, at that, you're, you're. It's just uncomfortable. You're watching like animated yeah. porn with a teacher, so or a priest. A to priest, say that was like extremely weird. Like, yeah, that. What's your story? Oh, uh, yeah, that beats mine. I mean, obviously, I mean, mine was just. I was watching this like earlier this week just to like finish it. It was a second viewing. I just got back. I had a uh, like a. Uh, um, a team lift. I uh, I I I'm a I'm a swimmer at my school, and so I had a morning lift. I was tired as shit. I uh, I think I I did some extra like I swam, and um. And then I came I come back. I'm like, all right, I have to watch this because I, I told Brian that we're gonna watch this movie, and I and like before and like we and like we had three movies lined up. This is number one. And I'm like I haven't even watched the other two, and it's Tuesday. Or like it's 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 either Monday or Tuesday. I have to do it. So I get back and I'm laying down, and and like my roommates are coming in. Like I, I live in an apartment, and they come in and they're like, oh, what's this? And they're like, and I'm like, oh, it's it's this foreign uh, like uh, uh, war film called Waltz with Bashir. Like don't like don't you don't have to watch it. Like it's it, it's not your kind of movie. Like the reason I'm watching this is because it's for a podcast and. And so I'm sitting there watching it, and luckily everyone has left the room at this point, and and I'm sitting there, and and the scene plays out, and I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell? And and then and then the porn, like the porn starts going, and it's like, oh, Gutentag, and like something about plumbing, and then like 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 it's like animated boobs are on the screen, I'm like, whoa, like, like, now with, like, the, that boat sequence, <clears> there are <throat> boobs and stuff on the screen, so, like, that was okay, but then the guy takes off all his clothes, and it's like, I'm like, and I literally, like, luckily, like I said, no one was in the living room, and I, I was really, like, what I, the fuck, and I just, and I take the remote, and I fast-forwarded the whole thing, I'm like, whoa, that could have ended very badly, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I, like, now I know not to watch this at, like, anywhere other than, like, my room when I take notes, <laughs> like, my own, like, thing, because that, that was so uncomfortable and weird, and, like, it, it didn't add anything for me, but, I don't know, I just thought that that was something that yeah. needed to be addressed. <laughs> I mean, I honestly wish that that scene wasn't in the movie, because this is really the only thing that keeps me from, like, showing it to, like, everybody, because I don't want people to think I'm, like, this weirdo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um... Well, I mean, I will show it to yeah but anybody, anyway, but I gotta like remind people about this. We'll we'll get into we'll, we'll get into that with the recommendations at the end of the discussion. But let's get into the next scene. Is very is is important. 
Um, oh yeah, it's where we find out that the I guess the president of Lebanon, Bash- I, what's his name, Bashir yeah. uh, Gamali, he is killed. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting reveal because it's an ice cream truck and a grow and a glowing woman. Yeah, well, I, I took as like an angel. The, um, um, oh wait, I actually wrote it down. It's Bashir Gamal, and he was the president elect of Lebanon. Um, and yeah, it shows. Um, yeah, I looked it up too, but yeah. Yeah, he. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the woman in white. I took this as like the omen. I mean, I think white represents like death, like in this situation. Well, it's like white usually means like purity and virginity but like i think in this it means like it's the it's an omen of death what's going to come it's like a very ironic think situation where this singular event is going to spawn the death of thousands of innocent people and i think it's like it's a like one last tranquil scene Mm -hmm. before you know the tragedy starts but i think hold on um was this I'm looking at my notes right now. I'm trying to think. Was this the uh, the part where uh, they mentioned like how crazy they were about him? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's the scene. It's the scene uh, where there's like pictures of Bashir everywhere. I can't tell if this is the scene or not. I feel like I would have written that down. Oh but, but yeah, I, can't, Shit, I don't remember that when that was. I think it was. I think it was after. Um, I don't know. I actually want to say that's where this part comes up. Because, I don't know, I didn't, because, shit, I didn't write it down. I don't have any notes, because the next thing I have is, I have, it's like, oh, like you're going to sure, go to okay. Beirut in a few hours, and then and then I have the airport Because that was scene. a really That's big part. Like, it just shows how crazy they are. Um, uh, shit, hold on. Uh, I, I had to have written notes about this, because it was, a, that's actually a really important part. It's what Carmi's talking about it, though. So, like, that. that's where... That's I think I think it is. Sorry, 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 listeners. We're trying to uh, get our notes together. Um, eh, whatever. We'll get to it when we come to it. Well, let's go into the next. Let's go into the next sequence I've written down. So, like I said, the um the guy that was watching the the German porn, he says he's I guess the commander, and he says, "All right, you're gonna go." Like he he tells uh uh. Ari, that um, that you're gonna go to Beirut, and then did we lead to this airport scene? Which going there, uh, Ari. A, uh, it's Ari, right? Ari, he um, Ari, damn, uh, Ari, he um, he's kind of like saying he he kind of wants to die because he wants to make his girlfriend feel like really bad and guilty. But and then once he lands at the airport, this is another hallucination. But he he's kind of like reinvigorated and with like life, and he's really excited. And so he sees the airport, and he's like he's walking through it, and he thinks like people are uh, going through it as like every day. Uh, sees like I guess like British Airways, like different all different kinds of like different flights, and he's just like it's like filled with life and then he walks to the end and he real and he just snaps out of his hallucination and realizes that it's been looted it's been destroyed for years and that like nothing's nothing has changed and it's the way i took it it was just it was really stylistic and that 
he, he, to me, I took this that he feels like he finally has control in his life. Like, oh, I get to travel. I can go to New York if I want to. I can go to Paris. I can go to, I don't know, Japan. But once he realizes that the whole place is destroyed, he thinks, like, he, I don't actually have control of my life. Uh, that's the way I took this whole airport scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I literally took no notes. The next thing I took notes on was with Frankel, and that's, like, in a few more segments, so. Well, yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's honestly my next thing. So, like, they're walking through a war-torn city. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. I have, <laughs> I have the the side note as Brian talk. Like, I want you, like, I guess I didn't take that much. I took, I took three points, that there's a war-torn city, there's a large sniper fight, and that there's a waltz with Bashir. So why don't you take it from here for this part? Because the next part that I have is the conversation with his uh, psychologist friend about maybe why uh, Ari might have uh, guilt. Like, uh, if you know what I mean. So... Why don't, why don't you talk okay. about the scene? Um, I guess like the the I guess the build up to this scene is that there are they're fighting in Lebanon now. They are in Lebanon officially. Um, <clears throat> um, so basically, they're getting the Israeli soldiers are in like a little ditch on the end of a road, and they're getting shot at by Palestinian like nationalists or whoever they're fighting, and um, and so basically. The Frankel, the guy he was talking about, he was given some sort of uh, like different weapon. He he used he likes a submachine or he likes a machine gun, but they gave for whatever reason they gave him like a rifle or whatever, and so he realizes that he can't do anything with this other gun that's not what he's comfortable with. So he ends up saying, you know, give me um, your rifle, I can do this, and he ends up taking it, and then. In the sequence, he literally runs out into the street um, and starts dancing. And Walt's music is playing. It's like very quick piano. And he's shooting, you know, in all different ways. And he's dancing with this gun as he shoots. Um, And so hence the title, Walt's with Bashir. Um, The reason... I think it also symbolizes, like, he's waltzing because... When you're, he's so in sync with like this weapon, and he's so comfortable with it that it's like he's dancing. But also, yeah, actually, I wrote that. It's, it represents his efficiency with the weapon, um, and I think he's doing it um, above a picture of Bashir. So it's like he's waltzing with Bashir, um, yeah. waltz with Bashir, um, and that's really all I wrote about that scene. Um, so. Yeah, I, I guess. Alright, I guess, I mean, yeah, it's literally Waltz with Bashir. It's where the title comes from. And what you said is good. So, we'll tra- we'll transition to really getting to the crux of why um, Ari is feeling like this. In that, so he's sitting there with his, his psych, uh, psychological... Um, his, his, his friend from the beginning um, that gave him, like, the psychological experiment, like, the psychologist. And they're starting the... I forget how it led up to it, but the what I took from this Wait, is that... Wait, what scene? Um, Ari, it's... 
it's it's <coughs> where they kind of they're is, starting oh, to really get into again? why he feels guilty. It's okay, Carmi. Okay, I kind of zoned out. His friend from the beginning. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not. It's not Carmi. It's the um. It's yeah, the guy. Carmi. It's the guy with the son in the beginning who told oh, about wait, the psycho- the ther- not, oh, Is it Carmi? The guy who is psychological. Um, the dude with the beard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not Carmi. Yeah, that is not yeah, Carmi. With the, with I the, forget um, that guy's name. But fair. yes, keep going, Mike. I didn't write notes on that part. Well, so. Yes, him. He um, they they he kind of he essentially tells him why, um. He's having these memory problems, and he says that Ari, like, what, did yeah, your parents? You skipped, I don't think through, that's the scene. Like, I know no, because I have what I have, what I have is Carmi talking about the, the slaughterhouse. Is that does that ring a bell? Okay, then you must no, have skipped that scene because this scene is very important. Sorry, guys. Um, if this, I'm pretty sure this is the next scene because because I actually have that what you're talking about written after this part. Okay, okay, yeah, so... Well, let's talk about the slaughterhouse. I'm sorry, because I, I guess this goes scene. into, like... I'm not... Well, it's a comp... It's like, I'm just not really into Yeah, but we'll film, get into that later. If that makes sense. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of confused Whatever. why um, I missed okay, that, though. But so okay, let's go into... This is, this is what I was talking about. Guys, remember when I was saying how they're talking about, like, they're obsessed with Bashir? This is the part I was talking about. So, basically... Um, Ari goes back to Carmi again. They start talking, and them, I, um, they're talking about the Christian response of Bashir's death. And so basically, they uh, essentially what happens is the Christians hold um, B- uh, Bashir to like such a high, extreme degree that there's there they, there's a sequence where they say like there were always pictures of Bashir like. Bashir was to them, the Christians, what David Bowie was to me. It was obvious that they'd avenge his death in some perverse way. Um, so, and then it goes into the slaughterhouse. This is where Carmi was stationed. And this is basically where the Christians took the Palestinians to kill them. Kill them, interrogate them, just massacre them. This is not Sabra and Shatila, though. This is a build-up to it. Um, so... Um, so basically, of Carmi equates it to that of a of really bad LSD trip, and so ba- so that goes in. So then we go into the. I don't actually know if this is a hallucination or not. Um, it definitely presents itself like it, but the way Carmi is describing it, this might actually not be too far off from the truth, and that's actually really fucking terrifying because I'm gonna go through the whole experience now. It's a, like a very. It's a quick panning shot. And basically, it's going through this camp. The, the 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 color palette is like green and gray, and like just death and sick and like sickness. And basically, it's like there's dead, decaying, the the dead, decaying nightmare. Sky sickly yellow. I'm sorry. Um, that's what I wrote describing it. Um, as it comes in, the music is very like ethereal. It's very um nondescript, but very like unsettling, very creepy. Um. And then it's actually very interesting. The fir- one of the first things that like pans out is a big crucifix, almost as if it's like, um, like overlooking the scene. This is again the justification for what is happening. Um, and so then you know bats are flying, like it's very like creepy ambient noise. Um, and then there you see a severed hand, and it's it's almost pointing to a Christian shoulder that is walking. 
and it and it pans up, keeps following. It's a tracking shot, and the soldier is holding a cleaver, and and then it cuts to a, like a blown out wall, and what is staring at it? A picture of Bashir. Um. Oh shit, dude. Okay, no, I think I do remember this, but I think the thing was like, I think I think I may have accidentally skipped it. By just because I thought I watched it already, because like the way like the skipping works. All right, I this does seem very familiar. Yeah, and then and right, then and then I, what I just said, it's like, you. um, Bashir was to them what David Bowie was to me. It was obvious that they'd avenge his death in some perverse way. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, and then and then we get back. That that's all I have to say about that. And then we get to the second halluc like. Um, it's the second variation of that hallucination that Ari had in the beginning, where he wakes up in the water, sees the flares, and he's walking. Um, just, I think it's really just to highlight the fact that this is what he's, uh, reaching. It's again where he wakes up, puts on his clothes with his buddies, they walk through the empty streets, and then you see he's getting swarmed by these shadows of screaming women and children. But, the thing I really noticed is now... Um, a picture of Bashir is hanging over him. I think that's really the only difference. Maybe I didn't notice it before, but it's there. Like you can see it. And so this is and now through showing that element, it's explaining why this happened. So you see that the the pieces are getting put together. This is now he knows why it happened. He doesn't know what happened, but he knows why. Because of Bashir, the death of this man, that it's Christian retribution. Um so, um, and that was pretty much the, 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 the main justification for that scene. Now we get to the therapist, Mike. So now we can, you can talk about that. All right. So very well done. Uh, <laughs> um, I like the way you put all that because at first, like I, like I said, for some reason, I, I guess I missed the scene, but that's very important. Um, but, um, so, uh, very well done. Uh, but going into this next scene, like I was saying earlier, uh, Ari meets up with the, uh, psychologist from the beginning that introduces that psychological, psychological experiment of people will fill in the gaps of a memory that they kind of perceive to be true, but really isn't. Um, now this is when it really... This, the film, like, now, for the whole time, the film was kind of, like, I'm kind of, like, just, it's, I'm kind of really, really trying to pay attention to this film. I don't know what it is about it, but I haven't really been, like, it's been, a, it's been a struggle, or, like, I've been forcing myself to do it, and, but at this point, uh, his, the psychologist kind of really tells Ari why he's he's kind of suppressing these and he asks him did his parents go through an atrocity like this and you find out that Ari's parents were in Auschwitz or they were they went through the holocaust and and then he starts the question what now his guilt is now stemmed from he he's his uh his actual involvement in this massacre now what and then this is now this now the last 20 minutes pretty much gives a really good like more um 
traditional documentary style of the like the massacre but just for right now what ended up happening is that um i guess what was the idf did they like sponsor <coughs> these troops to go in or they did get there did they give these these radical christian extremists like the means to go in and exterminate they, these they palestinian refugees and they just Okay, so what ends up happening? Yeah, so the IDF lets these ex- ra- like radical extremist Christians go in for retribution, and they weren't going to stop it. What they ended up doing was just popping. That, that, that's the ending, though. You're getting way too ahead of yourself. See. But but this goes no, into yeah, that's that's about what Ari happened. Because you're getting too ahead of yourself. Keep talking about the therapists and. That's all, that's all it is. Is he says like you're, well because he says no, like really? did you pop the flares and he says the mass he said the massacres were frightening. I, I have him Ari asking really close to it, and then he said this is where he described the Holocaust. Um, it's one it's one massacre after another, and he's making the Holocaust connection, saying, um, we are take uh, um not we that Ari was taking the role of a Nazi. But is he, he was he really? But I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself saying that. I feel Please. like, I, I mean, I mean, we're at this point. I mean, we're explaining what happens. And I mean, maybe you're right. It's been a it's been a couple weeks I mean, since I've think... seen the movie, so I just have I'm just relying on my notes. Um, but I definitely know this. Um, um okay. I mean, keep going. It it just kind of, I I mean, and then so my next notes is just like it says like what's his role in the massacre, and then I have the massacre. And what my notes are is like I really liked I I like the way this is presented that it really it's grabs my attention. Right? It's more like the yeah, it's multiple interviews. It's more like the traditional docu documentary, um, and, and it, it is, kind of explains what happens. Like the Christian now my notes the Christian fighters, the Christian fighters were to quote unquote and, purge the city and the camps of the Palestinian terrorists. Fucking, uh, that's like, the way they put it. Honestly, like. Every time I watch this, I kind of like yes. I get so, really, really I guess, sad. I guess. Yeah. I guess I'll just read my notes. Um, I didn't. I guess take two specific notes, but I'll just read my notes. So, like I said, they're they're to clear the camps of Palestin like Palestinian ter- terrorists, quote unquote, justification. And um. Wait, wait. Did you say wait? What was the justification? And so and then I have that. That that's that the that's not even terrorists. a just, oh it's a justification but it's more of an excuse yeah in their eyes yeah it's a oh justification. well I'm saying You're in right. their eyes it's justification like you were saying the whole thing um but anyway so th- and th- and this is where I have like Ari was shooting the f- like he was shooting the flares and at least his like and then I said his regiment did and they allowed the violence to pursue because someone asked Ari did you shoot the flares and he says does it really matter yeah. because I just stood there and let it happen it doesn't matter if I was dropping the flares or if I was standing yeah, there um, not, not intervening so so these refugee camps they just go in these Christian these radical Christians go in well and they yeah, yeah you're here this is what happens like in one in everyone. one of the interviews it's a guy who would sat who sat on a tank we don't need to go into specifics with these guys now but like he sat on. He was a, a guy who overlooked the entrance to the camp, and he sat on a tank. And so basically, he would say Christians would enter the camp, and Israelis would give cover. Um, 
once they had purged the camps of Palestinian terrorists, um, I, my notes are getting really convoluted here, but basically what you were saying, but then they show the Christian soldiers how they look when they enter the camp. I wrote, they're sharpening knives, they're loading AKs, and the color palette is yellow, just like Ari's hallucination um, and Bose's dog dream and the slaughterhouse. It's the exact same color palette um, that you... I don't know if you noticed that. Um, but, like, the whole point is, whatever the fuck is about to happen, it's not good. Um, this is... Evil stuff is about to happen. Yeah. Um, um, I, right now, my next note is flares are being and shot off. So, Ari's hallucination is actually starting to actualize. It's starting to actually happen. Um, and then I wrote... Palestinian mm -hmm. refugees are herded out of camps. Um, it's literally everybody. Old women, women, children. They literally look harmless, afraid, totally innocent. Um, and the whole, all the while, Christians are herding them like cattle and shooting into the air. Um, and they're also... Um, they're um, mutilating them. They're, they're putting... They're, they're, carving literally carving crosses into their chests yeah um Doesn't and the point. same guy who they're interviewing um the the tank man who sat on his name is um sorry i don't know if i'm going to say his name right but drawer harazi um he they, they ari fullman asked him did you ever wonder where they were taking them the as in the palestinian refugee uh refugees and citizens and they said his justification was people who stayed inside the camps were considered enemies. So he said, like, we never really questioned what was happening inside the camps. Um, he said he saw a Christian soldier take an old man into a house, heard the execution shots, and then the soldier leaves alone. And they're saying they were like pointing. And then the guy actually says, you know, I killed him. He shot him in the knees and in the head. Um, and then Ari asked the man, didn't you ever realize that trucks were going in empty and coming out full? Um, and then the guy says, yes, of course. Um, um, the, and then it's actually a shot of groups of people getting executed. And the soldiers are saying they're killing people. The Israeli soldiers are saying the Christians are killing people. We need to report this. So they report it to their commanding officers. And the commanding officer answers. The Israeli commanding officer says, we know about it. It's under control. We reported it. And that's it. And so the guy, so the guy says, as far as I was concerned, the yeah, army was and, handling it. So, and like the reporting, like it's like the the common the commonality is like, did you see it yourself? Like, if you didn't see it, then you have no way in proving that it's actually happening. Like, if that makes, I guess that's like that that's that phrase. Did you see it with your own eyes? Is repeated multiple times throughout this segment and like people are just kind of like unless there's like they're just kind of ignoring what's going on no one's doing anything about it they're just yeah letting it um happening. and also um like people are participating in genocide yeah it's kind of like in the Nuremberg trials where they're kind of like i was just doing what i was told you know um i think that's more of like a uh a more personal thing like these guys are kind of just watching it and allowing it to happen it begs the question though if you see it and you just let it happen are you as much responsible as the people perpetrating the acts which i believe yes you are 
um, without a doubt. But oh, but yeah. also going back to the whole, they reported it to the commanding officer. Um, it's very interesting to note that the headquarters of the Israeli like army, uh, the people who basically called the shots, it was in the tallest building of that area, and it, they basically said you. They inferred that like the people knew what was happening because you could see everything from that vantage point. So it's not like it was going unnoticed. They knew what was happening. Um, so I think, and then I wrote the therapist, um, in my next notes. Oh, Mike, this is what you were talking about with he, this is where he finds out that he lit the flares and acknowledged it. Um, and the therapist, Ari, I have him saying they didn't realize they were witnessing a genocide. Um, and then, then the next note I wrote is, Ari and his friends lit flares and shot them in the air, helping the Christians find targets at night to kill. Um, th and this is where the, the therapist says you took on the role of the Nazi. Um, so that what you were saying earlier, this is the scene. Um, anything that's, anything okay. to comment this far? I know I kind of jumped ahead and interrupted you. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I just... I was really broad with my note-taking, uh, so I guess, like, I mean, I guess I didn't really do it justice, in the, because, like, the way things are presented is very important and strategic, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you can continue yeah, until I'm we get to the, the, the very um, end, um, Okay, so you yeah. can keep going, so, and then I'll comment, yeah, on and then we'll give our because we're almost done, yes. and then we'll give okay, our star, so, and then we'll give our recommendations and star ratings because we are at an hour and a half. We are we are what? longer oh, than the movie. Most okay, you kind of have me confused for a second. Um, okay, so the next interview is I have Ron Ben Yishai. He was actually interviewed earlier before, but like I didn't take any notes on him. Um, so he makes the comparison of a uh, Warsaw ghetto. Um, especially of, like, children holding their hands in the air, totally innocent. Um, I wrote, he went in there, actually, when the Christians left, and now he's in the aftermath of the, the, the situation of the massacres. And then he describes seeing dead children in rubble, courtyards are, they were, they were so full of bodies that you, they were piled as high as a grown man's chest. Um, just total disarray, total chaos, total just tragedy. Um, and I, that's really all I have written about this interview of the aftermath. Um, also, I think it's also important to note that the ending of the massacre where just one of the commanding officers, he just rides up to the, to the city and says, says to the Christian soldiers, he gets a megaphone and says, go home. The war is over. Massacre's over. Stop fighting. Stop killing. Leave now. And then he just calmly drives away. Wait, this is an order. Um, do you have anything to say on this exchange, or like the exchange, or the actual implications of what happened? Um, I don't know. You've been. I mean, you've been hitting the nail on the head on a lot of points. Um, I know it's just. I thought it was a very moving scene, like when he just comes up and just kind of matter of fact. No, I think it's more that he doesn't give a shit. Killing. Well, I know, but he just says like, just pretty like, this is an order, leave, and then 
the refugees go back into their the, essentially like the slaughterhouse, and then the the Christian. And, and now we get leave, to the final then, scene. Um. So you describe the final it. scene. I think this is okay to me. This is really effective. So it cuts in, and it, it ha- and it you cuts to wailing. Yeah. Now this wailing. It's it, it. I mean, you hear it, but it sounds different. It doesn't sound it's like voice actors in a, in a sound booth or or something. Be, yeah, well, I'm getting at that. It sounds like uncanny. Uncannily is that a word? Uh, uncannily, uncanny, uncannily real, and that's because it is. It cuts from the animation of the, what the film has been to actual it's, it's archival footage of, of the mass massacres. of the real live massacres at Sabra and Shatila. And And it's yes, and it just it and it drives everything home and to me I took it that it has the viewer sees everything with their own eyes as well as uh Ari Fullman who it ends the uh it, well, okay it's interesting is that it zooms through the crowd of wailing women and it and it ends with Ari standing there and then it cuts to the real footage so i took it as like the viewer seeing it with the, with their own eyes as well as Ari Fullman who is like i feel like the camera is his eyes and like the veil is finally lifted in that yeah. now he remembers everything and and it ends with a dead child whom that one guy who walked in was describing everything. He was describing a dead child that was in this rubble and that it really affected him because it um, looked like his own daughter. And and the final sh- frame of amongst, this film is that exact child of dead bodies amongst and, and also women bodies. screaming. Um their their properties are their homes are destroyed, their families are slaughtered. They're okay, so I'm going to go explain the the shot. It is now Ari's hallucination real. Um, it's almost the exact same way, except there are it's panning through the street. You know, you see the women like you saw earlier. Instead of shadows, now they're real. You actually hear their screams, and they're running through the streets. And then you it it's slowly panning on Ari, and he's standing about you know a hundred feet away, and it's a close-up on him, look at Ari looking at him, and just, and, and, okay, here's the contrast of the hallucination and in real. In the hallucination, Ari, his face is blank, and he's just standing there, he's totally unaware of what's happening. Now, in this, in this situation, the look on his face is pure shock and terror. Um, it, he's totally traumatized, and you can actually see his body breathe, he's breathing very heavily. So it's actually like the weight of the situation is actually coming upon him. And this is where it, now it's the juxtaposition to the switch to real footage, which, Mike, you totally nailed it. Um, this is um, Ari Fullman has reached actualization. This is what he saw. He has fully remembered everything. Um, now, now I'm going to go tie this back to what the PTSD um, therapist said. Um, the one... Uh, Solomon. So I'm gonna write my. I'm gonna tell you what my notes. She said, um, disassociative events. She said, on disassociative events, it's when a person is in a situation but feels outside of it. 
Um, and also, in terms of this, the photographer example, in terms of like war, she said the guy experienced like taking pictures. He said, "Wow, what a great, what great scenes." So he do, he's not he doesn't know this isn't real for him. Um, he looked at everything as if it was through an imaginary camera, and and what immediately follows is what he took the pictures he saw. Um, and what he took scenes of just brutality and war and just extreme you know tragedy but it's not real because he took it through his camera and then i'm going to write this is i wrote the exact quote so quote then something happened his camera broke he said the he said the situation turned traumatic for him when they arrived at the vicinity of the stables in beirut he said he saw a number of carcasses of slaughtered arabian horses the horses were innocent creatures subjected to horrors of war um, the camera was the mechanism to remain outside of the events. Um, in this sense, it protected the photographer. But as soon as he saw the horses, she said, quote, the camera broke. Um, th thus fully engrossing him in this scene of just horror. And he actually was able to, like, uh, realize what he was actually seeing. Um, so... I wrote, once he was pulled into the events, he can no longer deny reality. That's what she said. Um, so, tying back into this actual argument of rotoscope animation. Rotoscope animation is Ari Fulman's camera. Through his use of this animation, this, this is his way of separating himself from the story. And at the very end now, his camera has broken. That is why it switches to real footage because that sense of separation is now totally gone and the only way he reached it is through this every single process of the movie so um each each interview each step he took in remembering was one step closer to ha having his camera broken um so like it's the final revelation he uncovered his trauma the 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 animation becoming just breaking is the trauma finally coming out um what else did i write um oh gotta turn back um it's, i mean this is I think this this is a I mean, that's yeah that's very well of a different nature um and that's that's really all i have um mike what did you have to what do you what are your feelings on this final scene i know i think you just said it but like is there anything else or at least what i, I just yeah said? i i just said them i mean i mean I, I i totally agree with everything you said and i mean i think this is very effective and from a like a stylistic point of view i think this is probably the best way to end this film with with real footage uh like i said earlier something it was something that i wish was used earlier but it obviously pays off it may if, i well, think if it was used the then it wouldn't have been because the point if he used that then the point yeah i know the guy but, but it's not. Because like I said from the very beginning, this is Ari's story. Um, it's it's always about him. Yeah. But yeah, I just... I, I completely agree with everything you said. And so I don't really have anything to add to it. But I guess with that, with your closing remarks, that is... Uh, yeah, so... Um... And I guess we've we've come to the end of the discussion and now we get into star rating and recommendation so since you recommended it or you picked it i guess i go first um so 
This, this was, I thought long and hard about how I was going to, what star rating I was going to give this. Um, after much deliberation, I decided that Mike was going to give Waltz with Bashir a 3 out of 5 stars. Um, and there's a few reasons why. Um, I feel like this story is something that needs to be seen. But I really think it it's really limited to the last 25 minutes. Uh, so I think this film would be much better as a short. I think it'd be much more effective. And not even necessarily the last like 25 minutes. Just, I feel like this would be much better as a short. Because I feel like the build-up is not necessarily too long. I just feel like there's nothing really connecting everything besides memory loss and guilt. Um, and... I, I just, I, I I just felt like it dragged a little bit, and like I don't know, like it was such a rough, it was it was rough for me to get through it on my first viewing. Like I said, it took me three times to get through it, and it's only a ninety-five or so minute movie, and um, and like that's not very long compared to most movies. So, uh, I don't know. I just it was it got it's it, it, I had to grind through this one, but. The style is an A+. Plus. This is, uh, like, why I love filmmaking. Like, this is a perfect example. This is what people can do to be creative and to get their message across. Um, and going into the message, I think it's something that needs to be heard. But, unfortunately... I mean, not even unfortunately. I just... It just... I... It just didn't grab my attention. I guess it's just personal preference of the story. Um, referencing the canon again, if... If they uh, they always have, should this be in the canon or no? My vote would probably it shouldn't be in the canon. Uh, you probably completely disagree with me, but uh, I would give this film three out of five stars and a probably a mild recommend to the average viewer. I think it depends on circumstances, but I would give this a pretty mild. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I totally disagree with what Mike just said. Um, it should not be a short. Um, this movie, I think, is a very important movie. Just for every, even in terms of, um, just identity. Um, you know, obviously Israeli identity, but also just like, it's a testament to. Oh, Mike, did you give your star rating three? Okay, sorry about that. Okay, anyway, three out of five. Um, I said three out of five. It's a testament to this man's journey. It's about you know, the trials and tribulations of one man's story, but also represents the story of other men. Men, women, uh, who, you know, face this fight every day, and it's also a, a means of therapy. This is why Ari Foman made this film. Or at least, th that's the way he presents it in this movie. I really have no idea why I made this. I am, a, I am trusting the movie in that this is why the movie was made. Um, I think... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it's a very important movie... That people should see because it's just a matter of, you know, finding oneself in terms of, like, this, you know, a men's chaotic situation. And I think it's an absolutely beautifully shot, made film. Um, I think Rotoscope, I've, there's very few instances of Rotoscope that, I mean, we got, like we mentioned in the beginning, um, A Scanner Darkly and um, Waking Life, which we're not really that familiar with. Um, I really like Rotoscope. Um, at least from what I've seen it in, um, if the story is incredibly captivating, it's incredibly heartbreaking. Um, 
but you know the the story is you know nothing short of fantastic the the thematic elements are incredible um so i mean i would definitely give this a recommend um it definitely should not be a short it would that would just hinder the story completely and the ultimate point of the movie i mean like this ultimate catharsis of realization it totally hinders it if the whole meaning and point of the message if you kind of just cut these little scenes yeah it's yeah a journey a journey of what a thousand steps starts with or a journey of a, of a thousand miles starts with one step these are all individual one steps yes they don't necessarily maybe they're not tied together so perfectly with like these little bows or something like that or so you know maybe they're asymmetrical on how they're you know presented but it's still important nonetheless um and it's still a very captivating tale you know despite even you know the hardships that come with the story and the storytelling it's a very uh different movie it's um you got to come with it with an open mind but you know that being said i i will give it a four out of five stars highly recommend this movie and i think this is a movie that i will always recommend to somebody something that i'll always say uh, you need to be in the mood to watch this. Uh, you need to really have the right mindset to watch this movie. Um, but, you know, you, you need to really fully appreciate it. So that kind of just comes with the territory. Um, you know, that's really all I have to say about the movie. I hope I totally presented myself as the guru of this movie so far with the experience. I hope I didn't, like, fuck it up or anything. Um... No, I think and you if did it helps, a I got an A in the class job, so, and an A on this paper. Um. <laughs> All right, well, awesome. Um, so yeah, I guess that is Waltz with Bashir. We oh, are shit, at an hour hours. and fifty-four minutes. Yeah, so if you are listening at this point, uh, bless you. You're amazing, you guys. Are a trooper. You are so awesome. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, th- that that was this week's episode of Amateur Autors. Um, thank you everyone uh, for supporting and listening to and downloading the episode. Um, we really uh, highly appreciate the support. And join us uh, next episode where it is my turn to uh, pick a film uh, for Brian to watch. Uh, I guess as a little tease, uh, it is it, it's um. It's another documentary, uh, also on the recent side, more traditional, I'd say, uh, in some sense of the word. And I too <coughs> also have uh, explored this uh, in uh, ac- in uh, academia, and uh, I too got an A on the paper that I wrote about this subject. So, um, with that. Uh, I we leave you. Uh, thank you once again for listening to the episode and supporting yep, us. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, we're um, gonna try and keep bumping out these movies for you guys. Uh, just keep listening, and we're gonna keep it up. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, so um, and with uh, so I guess with that, I uh, <laughs> we say good night, and uh, can't yeah, wait to see you guys, guys next uh, you. next episode. Peace. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at 
The Amateur All Tours on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast. Or even send us an email at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you once again. Thank you.